Welcome everyone to another episode of The Rodcast. I'm here with Pastor Rod and today we are talking about a passion to share the good news with people. Big, exciting topic. So Pastor Rod, I want to kind of open this up with maybe your personal experiences and kind of what started you on this journey of being passionate to share Jesus with people who don't know him? Well, I have to go back to my own story. And um, at, at 19, I was not a believer in Jesus. I was a fireman in Sydney. And um, I won't go through my big story again, but in a fire, I almost died. And I was, I, I'd call it supernaturally protected. Mm. So I was far from God. I had no interest in, well, I had an interest in knowing God, but it, I didn't think it was going to be Jesus. This is, this is my 19-year-old my non-Christian brain. And um, I was surprised by protection. Somebody definitely protected me. I didn't know who it was. And two friends that I did have who were Christians gave me the Bible and uh, said, um, maybe, maybe you should seek, you know, Jesus. And I, I said, oh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. And they said these words. This is pretty amazing. They said, Rod, if we gave you any spiritual book right now, any book on seeking, any religion or any philosophy right now, we gave it to you and said it's good. Would you read it? I said, yep. And they said, well, why wouldn't you read the Bible if we ask you to read it. And I thought, okay, that's really good. Um, so why was that? Like, wh wh why, why were you, I guess, a little bit apprehensive about early on? Jesus. I'd been to a, a church. I mean, quite early, um, preteens yeah. and, and really did not enjoy it and okay. was given, uh, the King James Bible. There's nothing wrong with King James. It's a good Bible, but it's old English. And, yeah. um, as a preteen, I just thought it was a foreign, almost a foreign language and didn't think sure. it was relevant and um, walked out of church at, at preteen thinking, this is not it. And then right. went on my big, my big search. I went through a lot of occult things um, in our house. Um, we sort of like a, we, we, we sort of had an old house, but it had two whole walls of uh, books, bookshelves. And in our house, for some reason, all those books, a lot of those books were uh, on, um, uh, you know, Zodiac, uh, horoscopes, astrology, uh, palm reading. Okay. And it was just natural for me as a young person to, I, I love to read, mm. you know, Nostradamus yeah, is uh, looking at, um, you know, prophecy and um, and then there was philosophy books by Nietzsche and Jung and what some people call him Jung and and Marx and, and all this stuff, just all this, 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 this swirling. Um, I was a searcher and I was very confused and I was not, um, I was not in, in a good headspace. Mm. So when I, when I had the fire experience, I was protected and my friend said, read the Bible. I just, for some reason, thought it wasn't the Bible. Right. I probably from my earlier, my, my earlier experience at church and um, I don't know. Anyway, my friend said, Would, why don't you read it if we just ask you to? And I think that's a really good, that was a good challenge from good friends. It was really good. So I said, where do I start? So they opened up and um, opened up the book of Mark and said, why don't you read about Jesus? And it was a great place to start. I loved it straight in about Jesus. And um, I was surprised as I read the Bible in a new translation, which was the NIV back then. That was a brand new translation in 1979, believe it or not. And uh I was, I was surprised how readable it was and how much I enjoyed it and then how much I enjoyed Jesus. So 
my two friends were passionate for me to 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 actually look at look at the Bible, and and I think that was a really really key moment for me. And as I look back at that, I think God, thank you that those two friends were in my life at that time, and they cared, and they actually. Um, came back at me in a good way and said, well, why, why don't you just have a look? And something of that has got into my heart right from that point. And as I became a believer six months later, I thought, well, I could do that with other people. You know, I don't have to mm. throw the Bible down their throat, as we say, but I can advocate the goodness of or the good news of this Jesus. And if you don't know him, why don't you just try it? Why don't you just have a look at that at that Bible verse uh, or that 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 book of Mark or whatever. Actually, one of the uh, great verses in Psalms it says, "Taste and see the Lord is good." And I think that's what my friends were saying to me without using that scripture. I do believe it's an exact mm. exact example of that verse. I think it's Psalm thirty four eight. Could be wrong, but it says, "Taste and see the Lord is good." And I think there's just something about tasting, and then um, people having a go. Um, we do the same here in Japan when we say to young Japanese who don't know much, why don't you just try it? Why don't you just look? And it's very similar concept to give it a go. Just check it out. And we're believing, of course, the Holy Spirit will touch them and there'll be hunger. There'll be an awakening. So that was me uh, six months before I got saved, started to read the New Testament. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy reading about Jesus. And then I read basically the whole New Testament and, um, I was still far from God. I was not, not going to give my life to this Jesus yet because I had sin and I had stuff and I wasn't ready, but I was really enjoying this process of looking at who is Jesus. Who is he? And I was amazed at his love, amazed at his strength, amazed at his miracles. I was amazed. Um, and the New Testament amazed at the, the concept of 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 good relationships. Um, one, one of the other things that, this is a strange one, but one of the other things that impacted me back then, I got saved in 1979. In 1977, Star Wars came out, the first one, and great characters, great, great story. And as I looked at the dark side of the force, I realized that was where I was. So as I started to open up to Jesus and how good he was, I realized I was on the dark side of the force. I was not on the good side of the force. Uh, That's my new age brain. Okay, I just it's my my lizard brain. I think, right it, makes, I think it makes sense. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a good. I think and, it's a good picture. And Star Wars, along with things like Lord of the Rings series, or whatever, the whole concept is that the mm. the side of good doesn't seem that strong, and yet their love and their friendship mm. is stronger than the forces of darkness. Yeah. So as I read the New Testament, realizing there is a community here of love and forgiveness, it was really attractive. Anyway, this is my brain for six months, and um, um, then I finally decided I wanted to believe in Jesus. And when I said to Jesus, now, that, that was my prayer. That was it. That was, it was a one-word prayer out loud. Which um, was in a church service, it right? It was in a little church, a tiny church. Your first service like kind of for all those years coming back as an adult yeah from from before preteen to to now 19 um first time walking into a church Mm -hmm. and it wasn't were you going there knowing you would make a decision like you'd kind of already made the decision in some respect like 
I'm going to go I, there I, and do this or, or not that I, clear? I, I was on the edge. I was right. on the precipice. I was, I could have fallen in anywhere. Um, right. and, and the church service was not, the, the people were great. The people were lovely, mostly old people. There was just an organ there and some old people and, uh, my two friends. Um, so culturally it was, it was a shock mm-hmm. and, and the message was actually a movie and it was, it was a, a Christian movie and wasn't very good back then. The 1970s were not great movies. <laughs> so I'm sitting there not enjoying this movie. But at the end of the service, I was just absolutely ready. And the service finished. I stood up. There was no one around me. Um, that was not a problem. I was just standing by myself. And I just was overwhelmed by the desire to know Jesus, this Jesus I read about for six months. Um. I was convinced he's good. I convinced my life was not good. I needed him. And I just stood up and I said out loud, now. And if you stood standing next to me, you would have said, now what? You know, that's. <laughs> I always um, thought you kind of said it in your heart. I said it out loud. Okay. One word. Right. It's powerful. And, but no one was around. Like I wasn't trying to get attention. Yeah. And I probably just said it like now, like that, that level. So, but the, Impact changed my life. So the darkness in me, all those years of darkness and stuff, just left. It just actually left. And the love of God came on me. I was forgiven. I, I had Jesus. He came into my heart. I, I was born again. I was renewed. I was changed. I was, it was a dramatic moment. I can, I can remember it like it's right now, like the, exactly the whole thing right now. It's, it was impacting. And... Um, I realized I, I, I realized the power of Jesus and the forgiveness and the love of Jesus, and um, I was really changed. And because of that experience, obviously, I also felt God could do this for others. You know, I'm just little old me, a fireman in Sydney, Australia, just a, just a little little person, 19, didn't do much. Mm. If God had done this for me, I had an absolute revelation. God wants to do this for other people. And I think that's my passion for souls right there. This revelation that, okay, you can say I was chosen, predestined, totally get it. Yep. But I believe so many other people are too. And it's up to us to share good news, the good news of Jesus and the good news of the word of God with people. Um, Not in a heavy way, not not in any sort of guilt driven way but just sharing good news that this this Jesus is good he is good he's full of mercy and love and power he can heal he can set people free so this this whole thing is that if he could do this for me he could do this for anyone and then I read the scripture somewhere around, I think it's 2 Peter somewhere it says um, you know God is not slow regarding his promises uh, but he's wanting all to come to the knowledge of the truth, you know, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, the cosmos, the whole mm. shebang, so much that he sent Jesus that whoever believes in him will not perish. And so the, these basic scriptures that we know is very much about passion for souls, passion for people who are out there, uh, maybe in our family or maybe we don't know them yet, um, they're out there. And just like me and you, and you, Richard, you're from a Christian family, but you needed to find your own way with Jesus mm-hmm. um, and your own passion for souls. Uh, 
which is a different journey, but the mm-hmm. same outcome. That is, we have a revelation that this could happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. Like today, <laughs> we're going to see some people whose hearts are open. So I just had this absolute revelation. If God could do it for me, if God could protect me as a non-Christian far away, you know, Romans 5, 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were, this wonderful Jesus wants to draw people um, and not before they're cleaned up. Like my life was not cleaned up till that moment. Mm. Um, there was no change until that moment. There wasn't, there wasn't degrees of change. I wasn't getting more pure and holy in that six months. It was not happening. It wasn't – I, I was changing, changing in my heart and my thinking but not my life. And so now meant I agree. I, I want it now. And so it was a um, – yeah. so we talk about, you know, when you bring the fish in, like fishing for, for Jesus, the fish are not all cleaned. <laughs> they're, they're fish and I was a fish. And so then the cleaning needed to start – in my life, which it did immediately. Um, there was changes immediately, um, absolutely. And one of them was I got rid of all my occult material and no one told me to do it. I just wanted to get it out of the house and did. And um, just said goodbye to that, don't want that anymore. Obviously, if books did not belong to me, I did not get rid of them. They did, were not my belongings, but things that belonged to me that I bought, that I owned, I got rid of all that stuff and um, never, never came back. So the passion is a revelation that God wants to touch people today. And even as I'm saying it to you, I'm sort of getting this revelation more. I think this, this is what it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's a imminence, isn't it? It's an imminent concept of imminence or presence, closeness that God is very, very close to people today and we just have to touch them or reach them, share good news, and some will be ready and some might be ready to start the search like beginning of my six months. So there's a a journey. So I sort of see salvation as an awakening, a journey, and a decision. So the awakening is like, yeah, I'll read the Bible or maybe there's a God or God, can you help me or or whatever that, that interest is, no matter how dirty we are or far away we are or or how good we are because some people are good people at all times, but they still need Jesus. And then there's a process of, because it's it's quite challenging, the kingdom of God. And then the moment of decision where I say yes, however we do that. But that passion um, is that there is an imminence, there's an absolute um, possibility that today, you know, someone's going to get saved. Someone's going to open up. Someone's going to say, can I read the Bible? Someone's going to call for prayer. And this is our job as believers in Jesus to be ready for that, to share simply our story, some hope, a scripture, not being aggressive, but certainly being present when people need help. When you describe that moment of, you know, the now moment and the Holy Spirit, kind of having a big impact on you, you know, that you felt like some kind of tangibleness to it, uh, was part of the, was part of the excitement 
for souls, like almost the the surprise at how easy it was for for God to do that. Like you just yeah. like not not only is this powerful, but all I did was just say yes to Jesus and I got all of it. And yeah, this is accessible to like anyone could have this. Yeah. Was 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 that part of it? Like how yeah. How easy yeah, it was. Ab- like, absolutely. What? It was available. But at the same time, it was it was resistible. It, it, I could have resisted. Right. Yeah. And I thought a lot about this. And there's a moment where it's like sort of irresistible, but it wasn't. That's called a fight, right? It's, right. Yeah. And and there was. What was the pull the in the other direction? Sin. Okay. Status quo, just staying in the same thing as I've known life being sort of okay I mean I was a fireman and we had I had a great life and pretty good salary and good some good friends there but I was unhappy and uh, I was very unhappy I was extremely unhappy I was depressed um, so yeah I, I can talk a lot about d- depression in my teenage years and then when I received Jesus that night depression left it just left and so whether you call it you know um, the power of the occult or just being selfish or being mm. thinking too much about myself or mental health problem, whatever, whatever people say, I say, yep, all of that. <laughs> right. I was depressed. I wasn't happy. And Jesus set me free. And uh, But it wasn't – I could have resisted because sin is sin. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, sin, it, draw, it draws us. So there's a drawer of God and there's a drawer of sin. And we humans make that decision. I think it's really important that we drill in on this issue because there's some people talks about something called an irresistible grace, which means I had no choice. I don't think that's true. I think we always have a choice. Otherwise, it's not fair. Um, and I think that I've always had that revelation that salvation is fair. It's, it's fair. God is fair. God's always going to give people a chance. Uh, they can say yes or no, but they have a chance. Um, and again, that, that excites me about a passion for souls is um, there's always going to be people that say yes today. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know how many will get saved, how many people receive Jesus today around the world, but it's going to be a lot of people, right? It will be a lot of every day. It's going to be a lot of people every day. How exciting. And why not have some of those people around our lives and around our, our churches? Why, why not? We're part mm. of this too. So again, that's my revelation as a pastor that people are going could get saved any week, any night, any day. Like, why not? And um, I, I don't have to think about who's chosen, not chosen. I don't know. I'm just here to share good news. And so this is what Jesus says in um, uh, Luke 10. Um, says he appoints 72 people, sends them on. Verse 2, Luke 10, 2. He told them the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, this is the prayer we're supposed to pray, send out workers into the harvest field. And this scripture tells me that the harvest is always ready. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is not the people. Um, The problem is do we have people to tell them? Are people available with the passion to tell them? Pray that people will go and tell them. Pray that people will have a passion. The prayer we're supposed to pray is for more workers. 
not for the harvest. Now we can pray for the harvest and we pray for Japan and Hong Kong. Of course we do. But then, go, then I think, well, who's going to tell them? And um, I thank the Lord right now we've got online as well. That's a new arrow. I think it's another arrow in the quiver of sharing good news. But people still need a human being um, to, to tell them that God is good and he's the Bible and he's God's word and you can know about Jesus. Even when people in some countries have dreams about Jesus, and it's happening very, very commonly in uh, some Islamic countries, very common, the people have dreams of the man in white or this person that appears and says, I'm Issa, or, which is the Arabic word for Jesus. And um, the amount of people that that's their awakening is through a dream or a vision is, is very high level. But they still need a human being. They still need someone to come and show them the Bible and this is the way and read about Jesus. So even the high level awakenings, dreams, visions, for me it was protection, uh, divine guidance, healing, set free, all these areas. Uh, we still need a human being. And that's why Jesus said, pray for workers, the human beings mm. to go out and say, hey, can I share some some good things about God and his word with you? Or uh, like my friend said to me, Rod, why don't you read here in, in Mark, the, the gospel of Mark, why don't you open it and read about Jesus? And I finally said, okay. Um, I really wasn't trying to push back too hard, but they needed to challenge me as a friend because they had a passion for me. They could see I wasn't in a good way. And they said, why don't you, why don't you just read about Jesus? Here it is. Here's a Bible and here's the gospel of Mark. Why don't you read? Well, that was a pretty, that's a pretty good introduction, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about even the story of, of Paul because he had that, that, supernatural god moment but wow. he still needed an ananias to yeah. uh kind of get him started on that journey as well he really so did he def yeah definitely need workers H how yeah. do you do you think there's a difference between a passion for souls and like being driven i i feel like i feel like i've seen sometimes almost i'd almost define it differently like someone who's excited to see people saved versus someone who really feels very driven or almost performance-based. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, have you seen uh, that I mean, sometimes I've, in ministries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met people in both both those buckets, both those baskets. I'd say people who are driven either have had a very high-level experience and they're just so evangelistic, just so just so passionate that they haven't got the wisdom to go with it. And then I've seen other people with guilt um, be pushed out and forced to to do something they don't, don't really want to do. I've seen both those, and I, I think that they're different. Those are different examples. I think the person who's just so evangelistic out there just needs to learn wisdom. It's, it's, it, it'll take time. It'll take a bit of bruising. They'll get bruised. <laughs> the other one who's just... Uh, guilt-driven, I think there'll come a time when they stop um, sharing. Um, usually, this is a generalization. Um, so what do we talk about? We're talking about Holy Spirit inspiration. That's, that's what I said. I said, when I got saved, I was touched and I thought, this is for everyone. That was my revelation. This should be open to all people. 
this is wonderful. So I did share with my fireman friends and two of them became believers in the next six weeks after I got saved. Um, but I also got hit in the head from a fireman who said to me, stop talking about Jesus and hit me. So, um, you know, that, my first few weeks as a Christian were quite dramatic, I can tell you. Um, but but I that's just think- common as well, like seeing people, oftentimes the most passionate people to reach their friends are those who are newly saved. Absolutely. I, I think I think we need to say to brand new baby Christians, you need to know the Bible, but you also have a chance to share with people you love now. And I think as long as we're not forcing them, pushing them, as long as we're giving them a way of inspiration, um, they will bring other people. And um, I, I think uh, we just need to let people go um, and help them with wisdom. You know, here, here in Japan, we do that. We talk about how they might share with someone. We don't tell them you've got to tell anyone else, but there's a passion. They've, their lives have been changed. Mm. So we say to them, who, who would you tell if you told someone first? And uh, I'd say other friends or colleagues or often they say in Japan, they say grandparents. So, okay, it's up to you, your time. So there's no pressure, but if they're inspired, giving them the wisdom of the root or the way they might share. And, of course, um, they might share with someone else quickly or not so quickly. In some other countries where they're from a different religion as well, we say to them, just be careful. Um, we don't we, – we ask people to, to really be careful how you share, like we, about Jesus. Please share about Jesus and the good news and what he's done for you. That's the key issue. How have you changed? What has he done for you? What's your story? So we help it in wisdom – but we don't put words in people's mouths or a rote script. No, 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 no. Um, it's got to be that passion of. So yeah, I think new believers really have a great opportunity to to share. How do you, how do you build this passion into an organization? Like, how do you get that in your team in your church? I think you've just got to keep praying and t- talking it up, and it's got to be talked up in a way that's inspirational. It's um, hopeful. It's fun. When we do evangelism, I don't really use this outwardly, but inside I'm thinking it, that there's three three things with the letter F with evangelism for sustainability. One is fun, all right? One is food <laughs> and one is fruitfulness. I'm sure there's others too, you know, friends and whatever. But the, the whole thing to me of sharing as a team is it's got to be fun. It's got to be f- over time fruitful and um, if it's not it will stop and maybe it needs to stop sometimes and we try something different so we do a lot as you know we do a lot of things with language here in Asia like um, in, in, our, in our Bali church we even do um, English lessons and Korean lessons and whatever um, we also do a lot of um, sports stuff a lot of it's just fun it's actually like mm. our team keep coming because it's fun and just meeting yeah. people, language, sports, futsal, basketball, badminton, whatever it is. It's just let's have fun, but let's invite some new people. If they don't come, that's fine. We can, we've can we got their text. And most people when we ask them in Asia and they can't, they're not going to come, either they don't re- reply, which I think is around the world, but often they'll say here in Japan, I can't make it, but thank you. So they actually like the invitation. 
And I think we need to really change our thinking about invitation as long as it's not heavy. Yeah. Um, you know, food event, outreach event, language event, just let's go and have fun. And even if no one comes, no, no one knew, we're going to have fun. We're just going to enjoy each other and enjoy fellowship, fun, food, you know, um, <laughs> it's going to be good. I think that's how we keep this going, Richard, is that we maintain our team on those bases. Uh, yeah. Hey, even if you're not fruitful, just just have a great time. And uh, but I think I think text is a great gift to us right now. We can just text people, "Hey, I'm going to play basketball uh, tomorrow night. Uh, you showed interest. Yeah. You want to come?" And the, there's no answer, or there's no, I can't. Or okay, so um, I think text is a gift. I really do, and, and whatever that would be in your, you know, WhatsApp or whatever the the texting message system is uh, in your country. Um, I just think we have a great chance to invite people over and over, and and the same thing when we have, um, you know, like food food events, Thanksgiving or uh, an Easter party or a birthday, or just 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 hey, we're just going to go to um, this great, you know, Japanese food place. Uh, do you want to come? Either no answer. No, I can't. Or well, sure. But none of it is get lost, get out of my life. No, no, no. The people mm. are not saying that. It's just so I say there's no answer. It's not a bad answer. It's just, okay. It's, I can ask again. And I think like back in my day, there was no text, but I think I would have really liked that. You know, I mm. think if my friends, hey, you want to come? Nah. Nah, nah, and then one day, okay, you know, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of fun events going on at our church all throughout the week and too many yeah. to attend, which is great. Uh, but sometimes someone will send me a text message, you know, you want to join the basketball outreach tonight and I usually say no, but to that one specifically because every time I play I hurt myself. But <laughs> but I, I actually really appreciate the invite. Yeah. And I've told them, like, thank you for, you know, inviting me. I will come one day, but, uh, you know, I can't come at this point. And uh, I, sure. I appreciate it. It doesn't yeah. – it, it's nice to be thought of. Yeah. And that's to someone in the church. So I think yeah. even more so to an outsider. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the key to um, keeping the passion is keeping the fun and, and, and uh, don't taking ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we do take the concept of people getting saved se- seriously, but just we're not that serious. Like God, God will do it. He's just asking us to be workers and we just, yep. Um, here in Japan, other churches ask us, how do we see so many people giving their lives to Jesus? It's a great question. And my answer is we meet a lot of people. And I always say this and people get either confused or they don't like the answer. People are looking for a golden bullet and there is none. It's just being friends. It's just, hey, can I share good news? And then one day someone's going to say, can I talk more about that? And recently we've been talking in Lifehouse about this thing called an awakening where we're actually thinking that God has actually turned the the needle up on the the gauge um, of openness, like people are more open. And uh, I, you know, I've just been away for a couple of weeks and got back and uh, both one of my Japanese pastors and one of my English-speaking pastors both said to me this week, 
it's happening. We're seeing more people come to church saying, I would like to know about the Bible. I'd like to know about Jesus. We're seeing more people saying that. Now, we're still meeting them. We're opening it up. We're opening up the avenue of friendship. Um, but a few are also finding us online and they're turning up. But um, again, it's just keeping the excitement, the prayer, and that we're available to have fun with other people. Mm. Do you have any advice for someone who maybe has, maybe this this part hasn't really, this hasn't been a big part of their church life or their ministry and they want to, they're seeing, oh, I want to have an impact on lost people. Like how do we, how do we get this ball rolling if it hasn't been in the past? Yeah. I think two things I'd say. One is think about your own story. Think about an, like if you get an opportunity, what are you going to do? Like, like think about that. And my answer is what has Jesus done in your life that's good? Did he heal you? Did he set you free? Did he help you with an addiction? Did he help you find a relationship? Did he help you get more friends? What did what has Jesus done for Christians and non sorry for people from a Christian background and people like me from a non-Christian background, doesn't matter. What did Jesus do for you that you would say to someone, he's good? So that's that should be on the tip of our tongue, the, the, the getting ready to share something good about the good news. What is the good news to you? And the second and last thing I'd say is pray for an opportunity. Pray, Lord, I'm, I'd like to share with someone, could I have an opportunity? Could I... Could you open up someone I could have a great conversation at work or an old friend would contact me or I contact them or uh, someone come to my mind and I text them? Could I just I pray for an opportunity? And I think just having that, um, being an intentional, getting, getting ready and being intentional, and then mm. when you get the opportunity, take it, you know. <laughs> so yeah. many times people say to me over the years as a pastor, oh, Pastor Rod, my friend said, um, I'm interested to know something about Jesus. Do you think I should have told them? Or like, what? You know, like, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm not upset at people like that. I just say, hey, just, just learn. That was an opportunity. What are you going to do next time? So trying to make people intentional. It's not like an exam, but we're helping people come on the team, come on into the, the fun sharing Jesus. And, and that's the attitude that I would always want in our churches, not that you've got to, but hey, get ready, pray for an opportunity, and it will come. It will come. Yeah, that part about understanding your own testimony is really important because it was a big part of uh, me kind of becoming mm. effective uh, with yeah. evangelism. I, I remember the early days in Japan uh, because I was raised in a Christian family and my my journey towards Jesus was more of a gradual thing rather than a now moment. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't clear on what he had done for me. I, I knew in my heart it was a lot, but I was not able to communicate what that was. And I remember you had done a, a teaching on how to share your testimony and you'd asked us to really think about it, exactly what you just said. And I thought I, you know, I took that with a grain of salt and yeah, I, I, I think I know what that is, but I still wasn't good at it. And then th there was another time I think where I was sharing my testimony and and you gave some feedback you actually need to sit down write it out like write down what those things are and it's like go to starbucks have a coffee sit down and actually think about it put it down on paper and that really really helped me 
Mm. And I, I realized that one of the big keys in my story was he gave my life purpose. Like that was my thing, like purpose. That's what I was looking for. And uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got to that point of clarity without going through that exercise. And so I think that was really helpful. I think um, thinking about Australia and New Zealand where we're from, when people ask two key questions, we've, we've got to be ready. One of them is, why do you believe in Jesus or, or God and why do you go to church? And I think mm. the answer is simple. Like you just said, if you just say, hey, I've really found purpose for my life and it's, it's changed me, that th- th- nobody can deny that. Mm. And, you, and you're saying it with passion, like this is real. Um, why do you go to church? I, I think it's as simple as saying that I've, I've found the best friends there. It's good. Like anything, anything that's good news. Yeah. What what they won't understand is if something you say something theological, uh, they won't understand that. Yeah. If it's just good news, what what's just something good? Why do you why do you spend Sunday? Why do, why do you go to church? Oh, because I just love being with these positive, purpose filled people, or whatever you want to say. But I think those are the two questions in Australia. Um, in Japan, the question we get as foreigners is, why did you come to Japan or why did you come to Hong Kong? So we've got to be ready. Well, we love the Japanese, but we're also here to tell you really something powerful, something wonderful. So getting ready, getting intentional. The next time people, someone asks you, why do you follow Jesus or why do you read the Bible or why do you go to church? Just have a simple but, but good answer. Mm. It's, it's, it's not something we can teach you. It's your, it's your answer. Yeah. Mm. You know, we, we have talked about sharing the good news and I have uh, unfortunately sometimes seen a style of evangelism that's very much, you know, turn or burn type stuff. Uh, do you, how, how would you define the good news and what, what kind of comments do you have about that? I just look at Jesus and I think he just loved to have parties and tell people that God loves them and wants to forgive them. And, um, and then he, there was healing and there was, you know, there was miracles and there was prayer. Um, I don't see Jesus getting up and say, turn or burn. I say him getting up and say, the kingdom of God is near you. It's a yes, repent, change, but the kingdom of God is near you. And I think that that's, that's the priority that whatever discussion we have about stuff and it's important. The introduction is, um, this is really good news for you and your family. This is great news. So turn or burn, here in Japan, it's always a bad story. You're just always here. Um, if people see it on the streets, you see it's not it's not positive. Um, it's all about friendship and then being touched by God and, and touched even, in his word. So we teach people how to read the Bible and they can be touched in his word. I was going to say even that the people with the turn or burn approach just look so unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there are people from other groups too on the streets and I feel compassion for them because they don't look mm. happy. Yeah. Some of them look really nice people. I, I think they're really genuine. Like you, yeah. you, I think you love God, but you're, you're, the way you're communicating is miscommunicating. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, you might have zeal, but you're not able to share. So, yeah, yeah, it's almost doing more harm than good in some mm. some cases. There, yeah, great. Well, are there any final comments? On this, yeah. this topic, passion for souls. I just think to finish, passion for people is easy. Jesus said, look at the fields, look at the people. They're like sheep without a shepherd. That's not a judgment. It's just, hey, 
we want to share something, look at the situation and say, God, I'm ready to tell my story. Give me an opportunity. I think passion will rise. Mm -hmm. I really do for individuals and churches. I believe they're going to have good experiences. might take a bit of time. And with that fruitfulness, when you get new Christians in, in a small group or in a church and they're just loving Jesus, it really refreshes. And I just think that yeah. is going to be the fruit and the joy of, of sharing with passion. Yeah. Some people are open today. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, what an exciting topic. And uh, let's just believe for more people to be saved in our churches and uh, even before they come to church as we're just sharing with our friends and things like that. So thanks for your time, Pastor Rod, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.